Hello. <laughs> what was that? This Hello. is, I'm very tired. I'm reaching burnout stage. I need some wine, please. Let's get cracking straight away. Um, How are you? I'm tired. I am, I don't know, it's been a day. Agreed. <laughs> it's been a week. It's been we... something. <laughs> um, I like really hurt my thumb earlier as well. <laughs> You know, when you're just like, can anything else happen today? How did you hurt it? Oh, so I was like popping, <laughs> popping some pills. Um, Standard. I was just, I was getting like some tablets out of a plastic case. And then like, you know, obviously you, you pop it out from behind. Mm. And then as I did that, the bit of like plastic that came up went under my nail. Oh, what are we drinking? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> don't, <laughs> move on. Um, it is a white wine called... I mean, it's probably not called Grillo, but <laughs> I'm going to say it's called that. Um, <laughs> it is apparently very dry. Um, 12.5%. Mm-hmm. It is from Sicily. Um, Lovely. Dry and vibrant. Sicily uh, flavours are Sicilian citrus fruits paired with... Grilled vegetables and seafood pasta, neither of which we are having for dinner. Um, um, but we'll still drink it. That's fine. I, I, I'm not really that fussy at all right now. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, is that honey? Oh, that is very fruity. Oh. It's nice. It, just it does like taste honey. different to the ones we've had before, I do mm. think. It tastes quite honey vibes. Mm. I get what you mean. That is... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, how's your week been? <laughs> Intense. I'm very busy, you know. Just like work. It's like run up to Christmas now, and it's like we don't even do stuff that's running up to Christmas. We yeah. don't like that because we just do stuff daily. But it's more than that, just like the mental. Like, oh my god, it's nearly Christmas. Oh my god, we've got so much stuff to do. Yeah, haven't I've, got enough time to do it. In. I feel like some people think that like when it comes around to Christmas that like it slows down. But you're yeah. like absolutely not. Well, if anything, it just speeds the bloody hell up and then you're like okay like I can do this it's fine and the thing is like you can do it yeah yeah but um it's just like non-stop like there's no break in it there's nothing like you've got to keep going yeah until literally Christmas break yeah and then you're back again and even doing it all over yeah I'm going to the spa next week and I can just tell because we've got a piece coming out that I really care about and I'm gonna be doing it on, like it's going to be published the day I'm at the spa and I can just tell I'm going to be like at the spa oh on my God. phone like checking it like, and I'm like no I need to put it away <laughs> focus on my massage Absolutely. and leave out. it and Prosecco and leave it at that yeah yeah but um, you, Scott your you flat is already decorated for Christmas it is the 17th of November explain um, yourself we have Santa's Grotto has come to town um, it looks lovely this wasn't at my request this was at Gabriel's request <laughs> And I thought I'd give in and let him do it. <laughs> For once. For once. I'd let him have his way. Um, but no, like, I, I just love, like, we've done it ever since we've been together. Like, we put some Christmas music on. We just decorate the flat and, like, have some mulled wine and just things like that. Like, it's just been our little tradition. It looks lovely, to be fair. And, like, as well, we said, like, obviously last year we got to enjoy it because we were home 24-7. <laughs> but we were like, now we're getting back out and that, like, we don't, we're not really going to be home a lot to enjoy it and things right, like that. Yeah. So I, he swayed me with that excuse. So I was like, okay, 
I'll let you do it. I'll let you off. We can yeah. we can put them up very early this year. Yeah, it is very um, early. I mean, to be fair, he did want to do it almost like two weeks ago is when he first mentioned it. And I was <gasps> like, honey, it's October. <laughs> no, it's August. Literally. <laughs> the sun is still shining. <laughs> That's definitely not shining anymore. But, because um, the sun is all in here because there are so many lights. But I it's literally, so cute. Like, Santa could be sitting on my couch and, yeah. He can smoke some wine if he wants. Mm. But no, yeah, I just, I just think that it has got me in like the festive mood yeah. more. And like, it does weirdly like, make you like, kind of chilled and relaxed. It, it really perked me up coming and seeing that tree. I was like, oh my God, Christmas! <laughs> yes, we've gone for a pink and silver theme this year. Yeah, it's very cute. Um, with the odd Disney characters on it and our initials that were a lovely gift from Next. Thank oh, you, Next. lovely. Um, but yeah. Cute. Um, before we move on and get into this, we also received two really lovely gifts from our lovely friend <gasps> at Daydreaming, which is the candle um, company that we previously shouted out as our brand of the week in the previous episode. Um, they have just released their new festive um, Christmas candles. One is called Lapland is Dope, and the other is called Naughty List. Um, and the founder, the creator, sent me and Lydia a version each. So we have to fight over which we one we want. Um, but honestly, they smell incredible. So I've only just had my hands with these because Scott's been hogging them. To be fair, we have not seen each other, so... <laughs> we have seen each other, he's just kept them to himself. But I just, they smell oh, amazing. Right, do you know what I think would be best, is that I'll take them for this year, and you can have them next year. I did say, <laughs> we might have to do a shared custody and swap them whenever we see each other. Uh, I can't decide which one I like, because they're, def- they're different, like, they're both really Christmassy, but they're both, like, different There's de- vibes. They're definitely different, um, yeah, definitely different vibes about them. What's the picture on the Naughty List one? Just like I think it's like I think right. I think it's like a zoomed in rose petal. The lap plant is. Do you know what I really like? They're filled right at the top. Right to, to the, the top. top. Yeah. Like that, you do not get in most candles. And also with these, like everyone who knows me will know I'm an absolute lover of a candle. Mm. Um, and even if you have these just out on the side, like in the office, mm. we have the ones. Um, what are the ones we had before? It's like the scandal one and the camp one. Um, campus fuck I think oh, it was I can't tell. and like just having them on the shelves you can still smell it mm. so they're just honestly they're amazing value they're quite big and again they're filled right to the top and the packaging is so nice the as well so it's very nice. very chic um, also this one has cannabis flower in it <laughs> which I know my boyfriend will appreciate <laughs> <laughs> um, the naughty list one actually says revel in the holiday spirit with this sultry Christmas spice candle scent. A custom fragrance blend of fruity plum blossom, fragrant myrrh and frankincense with a hint of warming cinnamon and clove. Oh, and this one has let loose your... Oh, this is the Lapland is dope. Hey, you just got that. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> <laughs> let loose your inhibitions with this intoxicating winter one woodland candle scent. A custom fragrance blend of Siberian pine Sweet frosted elderflower and winter honeysuckle with hints of herbal cannabis flower. Lovely. I did think this has got Daniel's name for it in a while over it. I feel like that's just made your <laughs> decision for you. <laughs> but obviously, he will not be having it, I will be having it. <laughs> yeah, he can just admire it. He, just, he, yeah, he cannot touch it, <laughs> obviously. 
<laughs> thank you so much, yes, though. Thank you so much. Um, that is Daydreaming Candles. Uh, check them out. Yeah. Um, so let's dive straight in, Strictly. How are we feeling about it? Um, well, did you watch it live? I did watch it. Um, uh, I think I watched it delayed. But like on Saturday night? Yeah, I watched it on Saturday night. Um, so I didn't watch it live. I was <laughs> out. Um, and I... Yeah, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, actually, no. Okay, it wasn't fine. One bit was really good. Rose and Giovanni. Oh my God, I got oh so emotional watching God. that. That was amazing. <laughs> he is a, an amazing choreographer. Yeah. She is gorgeous and beautiful. It was like inside and out. Want to get together and have lots of babies. <laughs> um, but yeah, they are basically, yeah, they're such an amazing dance. It was so good. Like, And the bit where it just went quiet, I was really mm. hoping they would do something like that. And I was like, come on, please. Yeah. And then like, obviously, it just, this music was playing and then it just hit and I was like, <gasps> I was like, there it is. There's that moment. That's the sound. <laughs> and I just think it was really nice. I really, really want her to win now. I thought about that. I'm like, that would be lovely. Like, I know, and not just because, I think obviously the whole death thing, death, death, sorry, that's really inappropriate. Um, like, but not as like a token thing, but because she's just a really good dancer. Yeah. And that's what she's proven, that you don't have to necessarily, like these token things that like lots of BBC and like other TV shows like to throw in, to be like, oh, we're being tokenistic. Mm. It really isn't because she is so talented. Yeah. And 100% deserves to be there. And for, I think... Like a multitude of reasons. Yeah. And it's, it's like the thing as well, she has raised so much awareness, like mm. searches for... Um, Oh God, what's the word? For sign language has gone up and like Aww. all those kind of things that like she's actually is making a difference from being on the show. Mm. And it is like you said, like obviously that's, that was to come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, was her making this, uh, drawing its attention to the deaf community, but, and hard of hearing community. Um, but like she should just win alone on just how amazing she is. Yeah. And like. The, she how, can actually dance. Yeah. yeah. But old AJ found herself in right at the bottom of the leaderboard. Yeah, I was a bit like, nah. Okay, I, I'm sorry. Now I'm actually going to start a petition to get Dan fucking removed. I, do you know what? And I was, I was like paying more attention to this because I think it was last week we said about their music, their scoring just doesn't add up. Yeah, it doesn't add up. Um, and I was like paying attention to it this week and I felt like I was just noticing it so much more. Mm. And you know when you're just like, really? Like, it just doesn't add up. Yeah. Like, you're giving them a seven, but you're giving this person a seven, but then they had harsher critiques, and yeah. it's all things like that. It was very much like, okay, so mm. what's going on here? Yeah. I feel like if you want an actual representation of what the score should be, you look to Craig. Yeah. And ignore everyone else. If Basically. you want, like, a realistic representation of what the dance actually should be marked at, sometimes you can be a bit too harsh. But I think the majority of them, they're too kind, and yeah, they, they weirdly score, some of them, ridiculously high... I would love not. to count how many times the number seven, number seven paddle was used. <laughs> because seven? I feel like that just seems the general, everyone just gets seven, mm. 24, seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's very weird. And I just don't, I just, I think Dan needs to go, I'm sorry. Yeah. And they're like, obviously, it's what this show is about. And it's like, no, it's not. It's about good dancers, which he is not. Yeah. I just feel like he's just behind everyone else yeah and like maybe if it was just like a different year like five years ago he probably would have been like the top the top end of it potentially yeah. potentially but 
it's very different now. Like this level is so much higher that you have to like rise to that. And he should be kicked out for not being that high. He shouldn't be kept in for being a BBC person. Mm. Yeah, true. Mm. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend. I'm excited for musicals weekend though. <laughs> I know. I love oh. musicals weekend. Um. Moving on to someone else we absolutely love, and I have definitely refound my love for her. Have you? I have. Excellent. Is the one and only Taylor Swift, who re-released her Red album this week. Last Friday. Last Friday. Um, and yeah, because I like obviously I watched the short films as well that came with it, mm. and like they're incredible. Oh my god, the ten minute all too well. Yeah. With Sadie and Dylan O'Brien, that was. An amazing film. It's so good. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, like, I was like, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to spend my time watching that." And then I was like, one evening, I was like, "Do you know what? I'm going to do it." It's when the new, the recent one came out. I can't remember what song it's for. Mm. Um, the one that Blake Lively directed. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Um, and like, that's really good. Oh, is it? Yeah, really good. So I was like, okay, I'll give the other one a go. And like, I was just sitting there, and I was like, I want to watch it again. It's so good. <laughs> so good. And I've seen so many people be like, because obviously this whole album is essentially about her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. When she was like 20 slash 21, he was 30. Yeah. And it really made me, like, and I've seen those people be like, it was only a three-month relationship, blah, 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 blah. Like, why is she caring so much? And I'm like, actually looking back on like my own relationship for that sort of time, you do care so much. And like, but like, first of all, you care so much because, like, it's not for you to judge how long it takes someone to get over something or, like, yeah. how much it meant because it was a certain amount of time. And then also the whole, like, age gap element. I look back to my relationships now and I'm a bit like, yeah, okay, that was sus. Like, yeah. that was not an abuse of power, but there were certain things that actually, in hindsight, like Taylor looking back on it now, like, that shouldn't have been the case. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't have been dating her. <clears throat> But then if they both... She was, like, of the age of consent. Yeah, so like, no, she They was, both did consent to They it. consented. No, it, and it wasn't like that, but it was just a bit more, like... I think you it's, You should like, know better. Yeah. I think it's, like, his age that he was. Obviously, he's... Has more of a... I guess more of a knowledge of things. Yeah. Ten whole years. That he could have dealt with things in a different way and... And I'm not absolving of her, like, complete responsibility. <laughs> but at the same time... 2021 20, is very different to 3031. Yeah. Like, I'm so different to her, I was at 21, and yeah. I'm only 24. Like, you're in different places in your life, I think. Yeah. Like, mentally and, like, physically, physically. where you actually are, kind of thing. And I think it's really good that they used the actors that were very close to the ages, because mm. you could actually really tell it. Because I was like, I thought Sadie was still, like, 15, because yeah. I always think of her as Stranger yeah. Things. And so I thought it was really good that she used an actress that looked her age, yeah. who looked, like, 18, 19. Because I was like, you see it a bit more, and you're like, oh yeah, actually, you know what? It just played, yeah, like it played it out so, like, um, I would say like eloquently, like it just really the casting and the way it was filmed, just that whole music video just felt very like, I don't know, like you don't really see music videos that do that anymore, I don't think. No, she is the master of music videos. She is, and rewriting her, well, not rewriting, re-recording her own mm. songs. <laughs> yeah, there were a few, a few songs that I think what was which. One was it? It was. Oh, let me have to look it up because one of the songs I felt sounded so different. Oh, "Girl at Home." Mm. That was when I thought sounded really different to the original album. It was like a lot more like upbeat and like different like backing to it and stuff. It was just interesting to hear because I thought when she was like, going to re-record them, it would literally sound exactly the same, but they don't. No, all. they don't. You can definitely hear like it's definitely like a maturity in her yeah. voice as well. I think definitely. Um, 
which is what I found the most with this album, I think. Mm. Like, listen to the past ones that she's redone. Mm. I was just a bit like, okay. Mm. But then this one, for some reason, I did re-listen to it. Um, yeah, I feel like, like quite a lot yesterday, or the day mm. before. And I was just like, something about this album just feels different. And it just sort of re-sparked my, like, love um, for her. I think Red is honestly probably her best album. Yeah. Like, top two, top three. Yeah. It's just so, the way she writes is so clever. Yeah. And so lyrical. And so, like, the way she, like, adds meaning to every single word is just an incredible skill. It is. And she deserves the praise that she gets because, yeah. Just, just the effort to like keep those songs under her name mm. as well. Like obviously, I think she went through the ownership and that. Yeah. Because um, apparently, Scooter didn't think she'd re-record them. Yeah. They thought she was bluffing. And I'm like, <laughs> Taylor does not do that. <laughs> Taylor does much. not kid around. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really fucking cool. And now, yeah. like, loads of radio stations have been like, "We're going to play the new versions." Absolutely. I think it's like iHeartRadio. At least was one of them that was yeah, like, really I think I saw about that. Which I think is really nice. Yeah. As it should be. Exactly, like that is that's her music. Mm. Um, <laughs> one person that has very, <laughs> I don't know how to intro to this. <laughs> no, I don't know how to intro to this. Basically, Meghan Markle's going to be on Ellen tomorrow, which will be yesterday by the time this comes out. So we're only giving like a tiny snippet of what we've seen. But I've seen a lot of tweets that have been like, this is a very interesting choice. It's a very interesting choice. Because the whole point now is, well, the word choice as well, this is very different to, like, three years ago. Like, they are completely in control now of what press they do. It's, um, I, this sounds so, like, cliche. <laughs> I wrote about this, about, like, her style. Mm. But basically, since she's moved there, mm. she's adopted, and it is true, but I say it's cliche just because it's me writing about mm. it. Um, and people might not find it interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but since fine moving to America, she's obviously been sporting a lot more American designers. Yeah. She's almost gone into this whole, like, she's channeled this whole, like, ethos of, like, sustainability and, like, green, mm. the whole, like, Californian life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, even, like, the way she, like, speaks or what she speaks about is very, like, green juices and stuff mm. like this. Um and it just seems very um, constructed. Mm. And I think then it comes back to, like, obviously, ultimately, what they wanted to do was to be in control. Completely mm. get that. But I think now, I saw an uh, article the other day, actually, and it said, like, are Harry and Meghan um, manipulating the press? Mm. And it's, like, by her going on Ellen, mm. of all shows. Mm. And like you're very you're you're feeding into that whole not feeding I guess but you're living up to that whole like you've really gone back to your American roots because it's a very like Ellen is a very what I would call like daytime chat show which yeah. I know it is but like do you know what I mean like it's very stereotypical Lucian some of those sort yeah. of things yeah um I mean you've gone from Oprah to Ellen yeah no and offense. I think also <laughs> the whole decision of Ellen considering Ellen is finishing next year for good. The whole controversy over Ellen, like the way she treats her employees and everything, it's been in the media so much, and it's very interesting that someone that speaks so like openly and like strongly about mm-hmm. like looking after people and like giving back and all yeah. that sort of stuff would go would pick that platform yeah. of all platforms to go on yeah. And but then there's also I don't I haven't really been keeping up with like the tabloidy stuff about like their court case because I do not give a fuck, but. I do care about her going on Ellen. And, like, everyone's, like, she treats her staff badly as well. So, obviously, it makes sense they're together. I'm, like, that's a bit of a stretch. But it's really interesting that she picked Ellen, of all people, to do her next 
big TV show. I just think as well, like, I, I don't mind Harry and Meghan. Mm. Um, but I, I, when I found, when it, obviously like the news broke that she was going to be on Ellen, obviously the trailer and all that kind of stuff, mm. I was very much like, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you sure? Like, yeah. what? I, I yeah. just would never put that, I would never have said Ellen. Like, I maybe would have said she might have gone on like something like The Talk or like, the, like the view, which is the, um, like loose women he base, but, but obviously you've but got that's like, like women of color yeah, and like talking about like real issues. Exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas our loose women are loving to pieces, but when they talk about like how to train your dog and stuff like that, um, <laughs> that's pretty good for loose women. If <laughs> you can do that, you're an ultimate winner. <laughs> it was a very interesting segment to watch, actually. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like that, I could see. But Ellen, I was just like, this is a curveball. This has come out of nowhere. It's. I think. Not to sound like a Daily Mail reporter, but it is her dream, I think. That's what, as when she, before she became, you know, mm. Harry and Meghan, she was a celeb who was on suits. Yeah. Like, getting on Ellen would have been an amazing pull. Yeah. So maybe it's kind of like that thing of, like, she's reached the top, top, and now she's like, I just want to do the stuff that I wanted, wanted to, do, to do. And, like, I just think she went on without Harry. Mm-hmm. Um... And the interview that we've seen, the clip they've released is a very like light-hearted, very like celeb thing that you'd see with like Anne Hathaway or like Jennifer Lawrence. It was it wasn't like a here's me spilling the scoop. It's very like a, I don't want to say normal chat, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, like an everyday a, chat. Yeah, like a PR, just like oh my god, I'm promoting this thing. Here's a funny thing about it. Yeah, and I think as well, like watching the trailer, the clips. Mm. Um, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's always like two sides to every story. Yeah. I guess, and you can always view things in different ways, but I. It almost seems like she's gone on there to... I mean, I might be completely wrong. She, It feels like she's gone on there to almost get people to like her again. Right, Not yeah. to like the Duchess of Sussex or yeah, the Duke like of Meghan Sussex. Markle. But to like Meghan Markle. Yeah. Because it's that everyday conversation that they're having and like yeah. talking about how she... Whenever she used to audition at the lot yeah. next to Ellen, how she used to climb back through the root... Yeah, uh, the I'm bonnet, a real person. Uh, and all yeah, that. yeah, I've like, got a It's very part. much like, I am a real person. Yeah. Like who she kind of yeah. said she was before. Mm. I just... I don't hate them or anything. I think I just think they are very clever with what they do, and they pick every decision they'd make. Every decision they make is completely calculated, and for whatever reason that is, fair enough. Like, but I just think there's no you can never deny that they're just like, oh yeah, we're just going on there for a chat. Every single move is it's for, for a reason. reason. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, well, what's coming that. next then? Yeah. Who are you going to be talking to next? Yeah, Diane Sawyer. Like Vogue. Like oh, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for that. Waiting for the Vogue cover. Because do you know what I think that's I hadn't thought about it literally now, but I'm like, that makes so much sense. And what they're gonna be on like the Met Gala next year. <laughs> Could you imagine? The way Could it's going, imagine? I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine her, I can't imagine him. No, I can't. He can change him. a lot, but he can't change that much. Uh, no. I mean, Princess Diana did the Met Gala. Yeah, but that's Princess Diana. She could do anything. Yeah, she, she can actually go on street naked with the Lord. And, like, no, I don't want to, like, give Megan a hard time because, like, life has just been, like, oh, Diana can do anything she wants. Like, no, like, then that's, like, Megan, for all that's happened, there are certain things I do feel really sorry for her for. But equally, yeah. I just don't think they've got to wrap about I would just the love right to be way. a fly in the room when they have their meetings. Yeah. With like their PRs and their representatives. Yeah. And I'd love to know if everyone's like, oh, she's the one feeling like feeling control. I'm like, is she? Because I can't imagine that. And that's not been me being like a, a, a bitch or like being like, oh, she's like a scary, horrible woman. I just think Harry 
is so in love with her that he'll do whatever it takes to please her. I'm, and she's very forthright and very confident, as yeah, she should be. and I think like, that is a good thing. And mm. I, but I think, again, like, it's easier for everyone to blame her because yeah. she's the one that came into that she's family. She's the outsider. Yeah. The outsider American biracial yeah. woman. Yeah. Like, it's even, like, in like general relationships, like, when someone gets with someone else and mm. they, let's say that couple's arguing, you automatically turn against the person... The, the person they got with. Yeah. You don't turn against your friend who yeah. could who's potentially the one causing those problems. That's so true. Do you know what I mean? Like you always turn to the outsider first. Yeah. Definitely. You never turn to the inside. Yeah, unless it's like a yeah, that's so true actually. Unless obviously the signs are right there in your face. Yeah. But. That's so true. <laughs> and it's also like the whole like the stereotype of like women being like the old ball and turn like, oh I've got to go yeah. back. I don't want to do that. It's like actually they wear the trousers. It's actually like no, you you can send it to this relationship. You either choose to do what you do or you don't. Like yeah. Like, yeah, but um, yes, I'm very interested to see what this actual what she says in this interview. I know by the time this comes out, which is a bit annoying, but she, they couldn't have released it today. I know how inconvenient, it's fucking rude. Um, so moving on to our very, 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 very special part of the podcast, you might have realized earlier we didn't speak about Drag Race, but that is because we have made this a little Drag Race UK special. Woo-hoo! Um, Lydia, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes. So my lovely friend and colleague, um, Harrison Brocklehurst, is a Twitter celeb drag race expert. Um, and he will be joining us in a minute to discuss all the best bits of the series, the worst bits of the series, um, lip syncs, runways, judging decisions, which there have been many. Gotcha. Where did <laughs> um, start? Because <laughs> the drag race final will be next week. Um and I think it's time for this series to go to bed, to be honest. Um, so it's very interesting to hear what Harrison has to say. Absolutely. So here we go. Hello, Harrison. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, sorry if my headphones are shit. I dropped them in the toilet. On the <laughs> entrance, um, um, but they, they work fine. Like, they just dried out, but... They, I'm worried the microphone's gone, so I don't know what's the situation here. No, we can no hear you. you sound fine. <laughs> Where did you drop them at? Did you drop them at work? No, I, <laughs> I was. This is so gross. I was using my switch, and I'm like, put it on like the basin behind my head, and I was on the toilet, and I'm gonna pick it back up. It like pulled the lid off, and then they like fell. They like dangled in, and like, they were in there for a second. But um, yeah, I thought they were gone forever, but it just took like a day or so to to heal. But I think the microphone might have like gone forever. Because <laughs> Harrison has this Lou at work that he loves to take pictures of. There's Lou's on like every every floor, but there's one bathroom that take his pictures in, and no other bathroom. Yeah, it's got the best lighting. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you, if you find a bathroom that suits you, it works for you. Yeah, I know, but it, it is a, it is a, you get daily picture. It's very nice. I remember. Our- I know. I kind of like to document it for myself. I think just having it like <laughs> look back on the year. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate that time hop whenever that comes up and it's pictures of me. Yeah. And I see how I've changed. I'm like, this yeah. app needs to go. Yeah, the app can go in the bin. <laughs> yeah. um, so would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, Harrison? Yeah, I'm Harrison. I'm a journalist. I actually work with Lydia. Um, and I do some freelance bits too on the side, mostly writing about pop culture, um, a lot of drag race stuff and a lot of music stuff. And that's me. Yeah. So we just want to dive in to the Drag Race. Mm -hmm. Season three, it's nearly over. I think it's basically time for it to be over. I think it's time for it to be over. (laughs) I mean, 
I actually, I do feel like I'm coming at this from like, it's so strange because this is the first season, obviously, where I've worked quite hands-on with like the interviews and stuff. So I um, feel like I have a different kind of vested interest in it than I have in like other ones. So it's hard for me to compare it because I have really enjoyed that part of it so much that like looking forward to it every week has been fun for me because of like the things that will come out of it rather than necessarily the content. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, so do you I do. If you were a viewer, you'd find it as good. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry to say to the queens because they work really hard. Um, but personally, I do think it's a production issue rather than like a queen issue. Yeah. So I, I, if any of them do listen to it, I don't want them to think I'm like slagging off what they've done on the show because I don't think it's been okay. subpar. But I do think. This, I mean, they had a tough challenge, obviously everyone loved the last one so much so like it was always going to be compared it was like two in a year it's it's not looking good for them to be compared to it do you know what I mean so yeah. it's um they had a they had a rough slot to fill I guess I think it's the thing as well like you said like I thought especially this year has been such a highlight on the editing and things like that that I do think as well like not even just the um UK's drag race but even like America and um like in Canada I know they had a big issue with it it does seem to be that like it's obviously not the queens that like, they put in such hard work to prepare for the show and whilst they're on it so like when you hear of all this sort of production talk it is very sort of like I guess for us because we work in the sort of like creative industry we kind of get it but I think for people on the outside they might not necessarily understand that there's more to it than it's just the queens yeah yeah I definitely think this is the season I've most disagreed with like the judging ever because mm. um, yeah. I think sometimes even if you don't even if it's not your favorite you can still be like okay well I really do see where they're coming from and it seems like even if you even if it's someone you'd rather go further whereas this year it just felt like a lot of it's felt really unsatisfying or it's just not it just feels like pre-planned and illogical like there's nothing and I really felt it when I spoke to Charity about her run on the show is like she she felt like she couldn't do anything to change their mind and it was mm-hmm. like I think she's right. I don't know. She could have done literally anything. They would have still said probably really similar stuff. So um, it's just that I feel that's why this season stood out because it's not, it's felt like that more than it ever has before. And I feel like also like with UK Drag Race more than any other like franchise, you feel like they know exactly what they want to be, who they want to be the winner to be. And yeah, like if you're trying to take case and you're too like alternative drag, then you're just not going to ever get far enough. And it almost feels like they kind of put them in mold yeah and like they're just kind of like bring in charity and things like that just to like blend it out a bit and like make a variety but actually at the end of the day they're not going to be the winner and they don't really care and i don't know why yeah. the uk version of that that it feels like the most i mean i don't watch as many of the other ones but that's kind of the perception i kind of found with it i think um one charity said they would never ask the other queens to be more versatile the way that they'd ask her to do it it really it's it's such token casting of her as like a quirky queen rather than like actually and it's just it's just not satisfying to watch either don't cast anyone like that because they're never going to fit this mold that you want them to fit or cast more people like charity as well as more people like like the other glam style so then it's just more of an even split and the focus isn't just on what she's doing um but yeah that's obviously just one example but i do think that's been a big point this season um do you think like looking back at the series so far like obviously we mentioned like judging and that um 
Was there any other like standout moments that you think either like raised questions or was just a bit of a question mark? Um, from a bad perspective, you mean like yeah. from a negative? Um, for me, both the double save and like the double elimination were real low points because I didn't feel like either were deserved. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in historically in drag race, when that's happened, most of the time it's been with like fan favorites or with like a situation where it's really felt like, oh my God, didn't expect that. Thank God, like this is the perfect result. Whereas like this year, both the times felt not like that. Like when it was a double save between Charity and Scarlet, I didn't really feel like that was earned. Mm-hmm. And when it was a double elimination, I didn't really feel like, I didn't want River or Teresa to go, but like it really didn't feel like either of them had done bad enough for that to be good. Or like for that to me, me to be like, okay, fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, he, and like talking to them, they literally said the same thing to me. So it's not like they left and were like, you know, we did bad, blah, blah, blah. It just felt like a big issue. And I think that put a big cloud over the season for a lot of people. It just felt like random, like it just felt completely random. Like Ruby's like, mm, today I'll just send two home. It doesn't matter who they are. I'm sending both of them home. It's about how well they do, because they both did well in that lip sync. It wasn't the best lip sync in the world, but it wasn't. It was fine. It was fine. It was like fine. it wasn't like yeah. there's been worse. And people have yeah. been like just all told to stay or go, and I yeah. just, it didn't. Yeah, it just didn't match up at all. And. Um... I yeah, do feel yeah. as well like some of the challenges this year were like I really hated that Dragaton one. I think oh I think my god, I doing, that one as well. Hate yeah, it. I think I think them doing that over like a normal musical was a really stupid choice. Um, I really hated the Drag Lexa challenge. Um, oh, yeah, and also a big issue for me was Matt Lucas on the panel. That I feel that was a stupid choice as well. Who, who especially after last year when I feel like the conversations around like blackface and stuff have never been more like prominent and people have taken that off. If they're taking Little Britain off iPlayer and stuff, I don't really feel like we should be celebrating him on like a judging panel. And like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know. You're giving me a platform still. Yeah. And I literally had both those challenges written down as my worst moments of the series because I thought there's, it's really good to like bring in like new challenges. Like that one they did with like, they had to like change like their charity shopping. That I found really good, like inventive and new. Yeah. But then the sort of things where you're like, okay, the drag, the musical is like a prominent thing that everyone like looks forward to. So I think they just need to kind of like pick and choose that they should always like switch it up, but they also should need to keep the really, really good challenges like Snatch Game and the musical. And I don't really know what it was about that challenge that was so bad, that Dragaton exercise one, because like fundamentally there was things about it that should have been funny, like the, the queens were giving it some energy, like especially like the northern, like Kitty was doing quite a lot of hun stuff. And there was, it just never really got going. And um, yeah, I think everyone would have just rather it be a musical, especially after I feel like Rats in season two, which I hate to compare against season two, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's important because so much of it was so good. Yeah. And they're coming off this big high all the time. Yeah. So when you miss like those big challenges and you and you can't, you're not even you're, what is replacing it isn't good enough. Then it's just sets it off at a bad start. Yeah, definitely. Should we say some positives? Yes. Yes. Have we got any best moments of the season? For me, um, all of the opening up in the workroom. I mean, it's the highlight of every season because obviously, like so much of Drag Race is. I guess like putting those kind of queer conversations on a really like big national scale and um you know charity opening up about her HIV, River talking about her mum passing away, things like that. 
those things just really like no matter what's good that could have been the worst episode in the season like the worst challenge and those still conversations still make me think oh god i love this show i like oh yeah. this is why i watch this do you know what i mean yeah. um same with like i really enjoyed the conversation about crystal virginity i thought that was really yeah. unexpected yeah. and may, actually made me warm to her a lot which sounds weird but i think it's just because it just gave me more insight into what kind of like the kind of person she was i guess and that um for me, it was like really hit home how much she prioritized her drag career over everything else for being like such a young person. And um, I thought it, it just made me really appreciate her craft a lot more. Not obviously yeah. because she hadn't had sex because like I, I do whatever, but like just it really hit home, I guess, what her priorities were in like her youth or just yeah. that she'd really been working hard to get where she was. I thought that was really interesting. Well, I forget she's only like 19. Yeah. So young, like imagine being on like RuPaul's Drag Race and 19 years old, any like made a TV show at that mm-hmm. age. And I think those conversations are really important because you sometimes think that, oh, we've come so far with like LGBTQ like representation, but actually, like, so many people were attacked this year mm-hmm. and like so, like, physically attacked in the streets and everything. And like, these conversations still need to take place because you guys, for, like, I can't really see, obviously, because I'm straight, but. Just, you still need those conversations to happen because some people are still so fucking horrible and prejudiced and hate, hateful that we forget that actually those conversations are still really needed to come to like a wider audience. Yeah, and I think with drag race especially, like there's such a wide demographic that watch it now. Mm. Um, it's not just obviously the LGBTQIA plus community, <laughs> but like you get obviously a lot of like straight people watching it as well. But it's also that thing of like, like you said, it's the importance behind the conversations. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're airing them to just air them. Like, yeah, they're so um, important and vital. I think so. People who watch the show might be watching it just to see drag queens compete and mm-hmm. do what they do. But then to have those snippets and those conversations in there, I think, it just brings much more of like a richness mm-hmm. to it. That doesn't make it just a drag queen competition. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. These are real people behind yeah. all of the makeup, the wigs, the costumes. Mm. They're real human beings that have gone through stuff. Their conversation around consent as well was really interesting. Mm. About well, not people just mm. sad because I think you do kind of forget, not forget that I don't know. It's just a very it was like oh my god, yeah, of course, like it affects everyone, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, literally just today, I saw someone sharing a tile on Instagram about some guy in Soho had been like. Yeah like attacked attacked a drag queen or something outside and then the police came and things like that and like it and he was apparently like touching up the queens so it does it literally does happen and it must be feel really horrible for them on that part like it does with anything anyone else when that happens so yeah i agree Um, like you said as go on i was gonna say like you said about the time challenge i feel like that was such a big highlight as well because they'd never been done before and it added such a different layer of fun and like just a new challenge and even though I didn't really care about what the, I think right the biggest issue with that challenge was that like I don't think the runway themes helped what the challenge was supposed to be because because yeah. they were like ugly um, and yeah, I was it was like do we praise them for like it being messy like what's the do you know what I mean whereas if I think they could have made the theme more specific and like yeah. everyone could have still judged it knowing how short a time they'd had but they still like to a different theme because when you pick the theme as like ugly drag or whatever, or like bad, how do you cr- critique that? Do you know what I mean? Because you just know that like Michelle or something would be like, well, that's not like very like polished or like there would be, there would still be critiques about 
they're not being like perfect so then it's like well you need to pick what you want the judging thing to be maybe you just make it like the short time like the best look in the short time yeah because that's mm-hmm. what you're judging on them, the ability to do drag quickly rather than be like yeah. you're ready to do drag quickly and also make a fugly outfit like yeah pick a lane I think it was a good start for the challenge, but obviously they can like build on that in the future and make yeah. it more refined. But I, d- I think it was a really good idea. Yeah. I think Snatch Game this year was the best they've done it in the UK. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy this year. I mean, I think Ella's Nigella was just that just cracked me up. I, I mean, her. Nigella's an icon anyway. I but <laughs> I think that I really like that um, Snatch Game because so like it was quite close. I think like normally you do have your one standout person. And the rest are like fade away. Yeah, whereas like, we had like Kitty and mm. it, like so many different voices were in there in the mm. mix. And it was like you didn't really know which way that could have gone, I think. Yeah. And that's like exciting TV because you want to know, you want to not know what's going to happen. But that was good. She's going to win. Yeah, I think what was nice about it is that there was no one who was like really bad. There was no like real like this is a major mess, yeah. which made it just easier to watch. But I do think I don't know for me it wasn't like a snatch game. I came in me being like, oh my god, so many iconic moments. Like I feel like Ella was iconic, but like and other people did well. Like for me, Kitty did a good job, but also it just felt like me and my friends quoting Gemma Collins in the group chat rather than like an actual good snatch game performance. Yeah, if that makes sense. Because I don't think cool. she did a bad job. No, and there was all that stuff there wasn't there as well. Obviously, like Rue kind of told them what to do, and, like, yeah. or who to do. And it was very like, okay, so he's very controlled again here. Yeah, like, very like <laughs> we want another Gemma yeah. Collins, which I think we're kind of. I think as a culture, people are over not over Gemma Collins, but her hype has died down. The hype has died down. I agree. I agree. And it's just um, also guest judge wise, Aisha Dixon, Lulu, and Russell Tovey were like my best ones. Yeah, I love Nicola. I love Nicola Coughlin on it. Oh, so yeah. Just because I, I feel like it was just obviously it meant so much to her. Like she's and mm-hmm. she's posted so much on Twitter about how much of a fan she was and how she used to like save her money just to go and watch the Queens like in, in Soho and things. And um, I guess it's just like so nice seeing someone who's such a fan like live yeah. and do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do think on overall the judges have been good this year. Yeah, yeah. Apart from and I, 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 I love like Leanne Pinnock, but I just felt like it was, she just came on a really bad episode. So like she didn't get to like she didn't get to like we didn't get to fully like appreciate her because the episode was so shit that it was just a bit also like, like I just felt like Leanne didn't really know what she was doing mm-hmm. or like yeah. I didn't really I could tell she compared to like Jade who obviously like lives and breathes like you could really tell that Leanne wasn't quite like the level of fan but she looked amazing and I love Leanne so I'm, I'm yeah. minimal I cannot wait for Kathy Burke. Oh, because that's, oh, yeah. I am so excited. <laughs> I think she'll be great. And also it's on the comedy challenge, which is just a great, great choice from them. Because yeah. I really hate sometimes when they don't match up judges to like challenges that they're I hate that so much. <laughs> like, why was Leanne not on the girl band week? Do you know what I mean? I'll just think, yeah. like, oh, I suppose Emma Bunton was. But like, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, why are they not? They, they just chose them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think Emma Bunton was actually quite good as well. Like, I was a bit worried that she'd be a bit like dead. She's but, better than fucking Jerry, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like she was so <laughs> hey, good. Like, yeah, like she was really hey, Jerry. Yeah, I literally. Um, should we discuss some runway looks? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so one of my favourites, not for necessarily like fashion, but for laughter, was River Medway's entrance look. Not the entrance look, the first runway, though. Oh, the hometown look. The hometown look. <laughs> the point. The point. The point. <laughs> um, I love Veronica Green in episode two with the yellow ball gown. 
but she the, grease, the grease hair the kylie look yeah uh, yeah the kylie sandy vibe <laughs> crystal versace as baby spice i was looking back who the things i was like actually that fit look i would wear that but i can't tell that i'm just like going off wide wear no i put that down too i thought it was a, i thought it was one of her best looks you were so good it was like such an interesting look because i feel like sometimes she comes in and is just there in like tits boobs bum yeah that's it whereas this is like a really fun clever look and also it was a really like heightened version of what Emma actually wore in that video like it was just it was just really good i, I loved it i remember when she walked out i was like oh and i love those colors of blues and she just looked yeah. just amazing that coat and their little pigtails yes. <laughs> so cute. it was so good at her being like not an impression of it uh, it was just crystal as Emma Bunton. it was like really i thought it was just really well done yeah yeah it's like yeah. a different level i think yeah definitely um i liked ella bidet's watermelon dress that was juicy <laughs> sorry that was good juicy that was juicy af um, i loved it i just thought she looked stunning i just i really loved ellen these last two weeks i'm just like i love you yeah She's always been one of my favourites, Ella. Yeah. I mean, we met Ella, me and Harrison, so we're quite biased. <laughs> I love him. In and out of drag, I am wowing. Like, I just, especially after, like, I didn't, I, I do feel like when you met them in real life, like, it's just given me, like, a different layer to who I thought they were or whatever. Like, they were all so nice. And it just made me fancy him more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've noted down some looks too. If we want to, yeah, please, I want to hear. So Crystal's career to me was just like perfection. I thought it was immaculate yeah. to mm-hmm. like the ground up. And same with Kitty's Titanic. I thought it was her yeah. rose look was so fun. Um, and also it was just I, I love that film so much too, and I just loved seeing that on the runway. It just thrilled me. And um, underrated one to me is Charita May's art look, which was like her favorite thing outfit, and she made well, it herself. Definitely. And it was yeah, and it was like Picasso-y yeah. a bit. It was I thought it was really nice, and it annoyed me that she didn't get to like get critiqued on it because I thought it was really really good. Um, Vanity's Queen of Your Hometown look, I loved. I thought that was her best runway with yeah. the. Um, <clears throat> The postcodes yeah, on it, she took the thing off. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, Scarlet's Campfire Couture, I thought she really deserved that win that week. I thought she yeah. made that amazingly. Yeah. Fit her so good. Um, and then River's like expensive, um, like Asian inspired oh, look yeah. that she was paying homage to her heritage. I thought that was really nice. That was she good. looked amazing. I think all of last week's episode, all of last week's looks were really fun, really good, really fit, like. Mm the theme and fit each person really well like I really loved mm-hmm. how he like really took the character and I like, took it to the next level really yeah like, her best skills of like really good at acting and comedy yeah also like all the queens who went home posting their looks like so many good ones like the um mm-hmm. River and Scarlett were gonna do Kill Bill looks and like it would have just been amazing seeing them like I always hate that. Like when they leave and they obviously post their looks that they would have done. I'm like, for God's sake! Like, I do always. I do always think like it's very easy for them to do that with like Instagram. Like they're all like proper photo shoot pictures, and I'm like, well, I'd like to see that on the actual Instagram (laughs) and see how good it looks. That is very. That is very. I've been thinking that a lot about Anubis's looks. I'm like, these are insane on Instagram. But I was like, on the show, hmm, let's see if they look that good. Oh, uh, I think she's actually a really nice queen. I'd, I'd like to see her. Lovely. I just forgot she existed. I'd really like her uh, to come back to redeem herself. I feel like. Yeah, I think mm. she would. Really, I think she would. She, she think she'd be an interesting queen as well. A bit more like depth to her. Yeah. I think Anubis. 
Anubis and Cherry Valentine to me are queens who I feel like just really didn't get to show their yeah. what they do. Mm. I love Cherry. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Right, what are your best looks? Um, okay, my best looks. One, I think just for all round, is charity. Really? I'm just very because, surprised you've said that. I know. But, like, going back, and I think it's only because it, where I make things, but, like, the level of, like, craftsmanship of her looks. Mm. Like, very, yeah. and, like, she'd done them all herself as well. Yeah. And it was yeah. just, like, like, the, I think it was the, um, the one she went out on, there was, like, the goblin one. Was that the money one? Yeah, I think it was the money yeah. one. Yeah. The gold coin. Expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Like, that when you was... actually look at it, you're like, this is amazing. Like, this is incredible. Yeah, that's true. Like, most of her looks, and like, again, like, they were different. Like, and it's nice to see different because otherwise yeah. you're just going to look exactly the same yeah. on the stage. Um, another I do... one, I like treat so is feeling fruity. That, it was fun. It, yeah, yeah it was really good. I just love Teresa. I just like, I just like love her. Yeah, I actually wrote her on my um, highlights of the website, but literally just Teresa May in general, like her entrance line and her oh entire presence on the season. It's been like the absolute highlight for me. I really wanted her to win. I'm still sad yeah. she's not going to win. Sorry, everyone who's left in the competition. I wanted <laughs> Teresa to win. Um, yeah, just for Teresa. So, she was just so funny and so real, and just like she loved it, and she put her heart everything into it, and she just was amazing. Yeah, definitely. Who else you got? Um, the rest of well, it was just like Kitty's like fugly beauty pageant, um, the one where she really came out of like the oversized thing and she ripped it off, like the knitted thing. Oh, I did not. I just that. love like I love like the campness of it. Yeah. And you don't get that. I feel like there's such a perfection that comes with drag now. Mm. So like you can't have those like cliche or what I would I would look at as like traditional like drag gimmicks kind of thing right. yeah yeah like I miss that on, on drag race I think that's quite a UK kind of drag racing as well yeah I think like a so. UK drag I don't think you get that I think but US the puns and like the, like the edge to it that you're just like oh that's funny yeah do you know what I mean it's not like obviously it wasn't beautiful and incredible no but, but it was it was <laughs> it was more than just like a look yeah I've been surprised by Kitty I feel like I started like I did like her at the start but like now I've like really really warmed up to her mm. and like she is really talented. Yeah, she is. Like, I, I, I don't disagree. But, yeah, they're my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any bad runway looks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this is one that I really hated, but I don't know if, like, the general world did, but Kitty's ABBA look, I just really hated it. I d it looked like, it looked like just, like, a pillowcase with, like, a blue <laughs> bit around it. Like, it was, it wasn't even... It, it, I could have. Did you say with lube round it or with loom round it? <laughs> no, like blue, like like a blue. Oh, tape. I thought you said lube. Sorry, just <laughs> no, not lube, not lube. That might have actually spiced it up a bit because it was fucking dry. Um, next of my hate list is Veronica's computer game outfit. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Oh, Why are we playing it? I love I, green. I just love Veronica, but I don't know what the hell that was. Um, Electra's red carpet wizard look thing it was like yeah. a gray halloween cloak with like a purple wig i don't get it never will um and then this is actually really sad because when i interviewed her she really regretted this outfit for river's fruit bowl look i just i know she hates it too but like i just wish that she had the money and like the resources to do it properly like she said because that brown bowl thing around the waist it was just it was just not good. yeah that wasn't good <laughs> I love River though, so I kind of can't even be like I hated it because I just love her. I know I feel slight saying it, but like 
It doesn't make me love her any less, but God, I hated that outfit. I'm so sorry. I felt like the person I didn't like their looks like every week consistently was Scarlet Harlot. And I feel like she's a really great queen, but I just didn't vibe with the looks. Yeah, I feel like there was some that she like really killed. The camera mess, hit mess. Yeah. yeah, and then there was some where you're just like, I think you need to go back off and rethink your decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I think? I mean, like Scarlett is the first to say that she's like not a look queen, but for me, I felt yeah. like some of the things she put on, like. I felt like the clothes wore her, like she didn't really, I didn't know what her identity was or like, I mean, she's literally said like, she's not a runway queen, but like this, but on the red carpet, look, she wore this like red gown thing. And I was like, I don't know what Scarlett's brand is. I don't yeah. know what her like thing is. And actually I do think that's a, when I said before this season, like it's not to do with the Queens, I will say that I do think the, a lot of the Queens, I don't really know what their like unique selling point is. I don't know what their look style is. Um, I really love Ella, but I don't I don't know what her drag style is. I feel like we're I mean? only, yeah, I feel like we're almost only like really getting started to know them now. Yeah. And it's like nearly the final. I feel like those, yeah. those first few weeks I was like, I literally don't even know who's who, no who is going on, who's the look queen, who's the, like the lip sync queen, who's the comedy queen. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, but then like even like just then, do you find it? I don't know if like you two agree how there is these like labels now that come with yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. There's got to be a comedy, there's got to be a look, there's got to be someone that can do this. Like, yeah. there's definitely like this tick box of like, okay, the quirky queen, literally, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the quirky queen, lip, we'll have three lip queen, we'll have two lip sync queens, we'll have four comedy queens. Yeah, a dancer, a singer. and yeah. I do part of me think just that's like reality telly one-on-one though, even on like Big Brother and things, there's always like check boxes of like kinds of people they would cast. Yeah. And even though we'd all like it to be like, I don't know, I feel like I wrote this piece today about like randomness and um, how like as humans, we want like pattern to things. So like we want, we want to put things in like, oh, we need this, 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 because it helps us make sense of like a, a group of people. And I do think like, I don't know how you would cast it without doing like a show about musical theater people or a show about dancers or a show about fashion queens. I don't know how you would cast it without ending up feeling like they're doing that because yeah. you do have to hit, you do have to have a diverse mix of like what people can do. And then it always ends up in like, by the way you said, oh, a comedy thing or, or this and that. Same way that on Big Brother you'd have like an argumentative person or like someone who's really nice or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just how reality telly goes. Yeah, that's the thing. Then it brings you back to it's a reality TV show, not a drag contest. Exactly. Same with like X Factor, always like frumpy mum in the overs. You know what I mean? Like there's always like same kind of vibes every year. Or just, it's just, and I think it just makes as viewers, it's easier for people to consume that media if it's like they can make sense of it like that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Do you guess, have worst looks? Oh, sorry, I'm just cut you off. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say that I don't know what I was going to say anymore. Um, <laughs> worst looks, I actually didn't write anything down for this because I was just like, I don't really like... There's too many. Obviously, like, I do love her, like, River, like, that fruit bowl thing just was... Ugh. But I don't know. I just think this whole season as a whole, is, like, we've said this before, is very up and down. Yeah. Looks-wise. Like, very up and down. Acts-wise, everything. And like, I think we've had lots of discussions about like the money aspect of the show. I know you're working on something, Harrison, about yeah. the money. Um, because it is like a massive, like, and that like contributes to the looks as well. Yeah. It's unfair. Um, I know I always think they should have like a set budget. Mm. So then you can really tell who's got the talent and the creativity and who doesn't. 
Yeah. Money yeah. Can do a lot. It just makes it more of an, I guess, like an even playing field. Yeah. And then you can see, like, from day dot, who actually has, like, the talent. Mm. Yeah. I think um, when Charity said to me, she said, even about the money thing, like, if, if that was taken care for, and she didn't have to spend her time like making all them outfits. And she could have used that time to like go to an acting class or go to a dance class and perfect other skills that you need for the competition. So if you have like all your outfits made for you and you have the money to do that, or you can whatever you can pay someone to do it, blah blah blah. You free up so much time that then can be done for other things for the show. Drag race is not just a show about like your runway looks, even though it's important and people talk about that. You you need to be good at so many different things and um, like she said, it would have made more time for her to like get better at things that she might not be as good at. And I think it's, so I don't even know what the way to solve it is. I don't even know if BBC are allowed to give the budget out with similar reasons for like why they can't give prize funds. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe the cap is the best idea, like Charity said. Like if, if everyone had to pay the same amount, that would like really level the playing field. But like, I don't know. I think part of the fans' expectations needs to change and then RuPaul's judging would adjust. But I think after, especially after like the last season of um, US with like the money, like people like got make must have spent on those like final, final runways is just out of this world. And I think sometimes RuPaul expects like the UK and everything to be like at the same yeah. standard. And yeah. I don't know if that's always the case. And I think even like with the US, there's still like a, dis- like a pay, dis- not pay disparity, like a like a budget disparities, you know, like mm. no one's gonna, I think they really should like kind of implement a budget or be like, yeah, or a cap that because yeah. otherwise you then you're really not like, and I guess some people are looking to, that is like their like love of it. So they are going to put their heart and like bank into it. Because they feel like I can use my personality to like sell a look, which is like treats it kind of did quite a lot of the time as well. But like, she's like, I've got a story for it. Yeah. Which I thought was actually quite like good, but I just think it's not quite like they have to, have that additional battle so they'd be like just to prove themselves just because they have enough money in the bank like that's just not fair yeah i agree it's not i think it's just that thing as well of like it's the expectation that the show has now come to have yeah and i think that's what's sad like i remember when i first started watching drag race it was so exciting and it was so like oh my god Mm. and like i do still feel that but now there is like we've said this throughout this whole conversation there's expectations there's these like people you look out for and mm. all of this kind of stuff and I think like it just needs to go back to what it was before all of these mm. sort of topics started coming into play I think um, yeah because I do, I do think obviously it does come down to the viewers as well like the viewers ultimately as well make the like suggestions yeah. of what needs to be changed and all things like this and it's the perception that is given off on the show mm. but I do think it has especially now like I do watch certain things and like especially like with all stars yeah um i feel like when i see those older like the very first sort of couple of series queens return mm. i get so much more excited just because i remember what they were like on their series do you know what i mean whereas now i'm a bit like it's just another series of drag race yeah the ogs but you always have an og variety tv show yeah you the most recent ones i don't know why that is but you just do yeah um winners who do we think will win who do we want to win harrison um i think ella will win Uh, i want kitty to win 
But honestly, I don't really mind who wins, I have to say. Out of the people who are left, I'm really, like, it's quite an even playing field of how much I like each one. Um, I like, I do feel like the people that I was really passionate about have left. So now it's just like queens that I like. Um, and I'm happy if any of them win. Happy if any of them win. Yeah. But also not, over, not overjoyed either. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think my opinion changed, I think, last week. Mm. But again, I've always been a fan of Ella because I was I followed her before she was on the show. Um, but something, I don't know, something happened last week and I was very much like my mindset changed as if to be like, I feel like she's lined up for this now. Well, Ella. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I agree with Pamela. I would like Kitty to win now. Mm. Even though, again, like, I've been a fan of Ella. Mm. I do. I mean, Kitty's just really proven herself. Yeah. Um, but again, at the same time, it's such a, it's just an even playing field, I think, for the rest of them now. I've got a really sneaky suspicion that, like, Crystal's going to win. I just don't know why. I'd love Ella to win. And I really like, I just think I love Ella because I feel like she can do like the comedy and the looks. And I love Kitty as well. And I love Vanity as well. But I think Vanity might go because they're doing the next week's the final. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm also like, I don't know if Crystal will be good at roasting. The only person I can imagine being good at the next week's challenge is, is Kitty. I can't yeah. imagine. I think Ella will have rise to it or not. And same with Crystal, she could just really rise to the occasion. Um, but yeah, I'm not really, not really sure either way, to be honest. Yeah. But um, I think I think it's just really, I think in season one, I the Vivian was like our queen from my whole gay scene in Liverpool. Like she was like literally my seven years of living there. She was our queen. So watching her um win was just a really big deal. And like it was just someone you see all the time suddenly just winning your favorite telly show do you know what I mean and yeah. then that, obviously like in season two it, everyone had a favorite but like those especially people like Tace Lawrence and Bimini were like fan favorites so it was really like everyone had a favorite everyone was passionate about it whereas in this season I feel like now everyone's just kind of like mm, not really sure kind of waiting for it to be over which is really yeah. sad because it's such an amazing tv show and it brings so much like joy to people's lives and it's such a groundbreaking show in so many aspects and yeah, we're kind of like, okay, I think we need a break from Drag Race now. I mean, it has I mean personally, I don't want a break from Drag Race just because it gives me something to write about. And <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> that aside, I know what you mean, but I don't know if we're going to get it whilst it still keeps being so financially viable. Yeah. Um, that was quite a good night to end on. Yeah, Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you for taking the us. time. No, it's um, fine. Thanks for having me. So yeah, thank you to Harrison so much for coming on the pod. Um, you are obviously my white bestie, so obviously very important for you to come on the pod about Drag Race. Um, my new work bestie, because obviously you used to be my last work bestie. Um, and you can follow Harrison on Twitter at Harrison J Brock. He is full of memes and funny commentary, very involved in hunt culture. So give him a follow. You've probably seen his tweets already. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you've probably seen it pop up somewhere. Yeah, before. literally. Like before we even hired him, we literally saw his tweets. I like, come up every single day. We'd be like, oh, that's Harrison again. <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> 
Um, so do we have any good news for this week? We do have some good news for this week. Um, okay, so the headline reads... Spain grants free fertility treatment to queer women, single women, trans and non-binary people. Woo! I know, right? Woo! I want a confetti cannon. Um, I mean, I want one of those every day, but... Yeah. No, uh, can you not? Because I'm still running confetti from New Year's Eve two years ago. <laughs> Wait till this year. Um, so the uh, article reads, Spain's health minister has signed an order extending free fertility treatment, including IVF, to queer women, single cis women, trans cis women. Uh, cis women. <laughs> Sorry. Single cis women. Single cis women. Uh, trans and non-binary people. While queer and single people were previously able to... Uh, Wait, hold on, let me say that again. While people in single... Why queer and single people were previously able to access publicly funded fertility treatments? In 2013, the Conservative Popular Party in power at the time rolled back this right. The party changed the law to not only allow straight married couples to access fertility treatment in public hospitals free of charge and left couples... left queer couples um, to spend thousands of euros to grow their families... But on Friday, 5th of November, Health Minister Carolina Darius, sorry if I've mispronounced that, um, of the ruling Spanish Socialist Workers' Party, signed an order restoring his fundamental reproductive rights. Um, Darius signed the order at a ceremony attended by LGBT plus activists and later wrote on Twitter, Starting today, single women, lesbians, bisexuals and transgender people will have access to reproductive technologies on the public health service. We have restored rights that should have never been abolished. Um, and I'm just absolutely here for that. Yeah, and also Spain's such a Catholic country, that's, that's really good. That's what I thought. I was very like, oh, okay, hold on a minute. But then yeah. I was like, at the same time, like... As it, as, it, as, as, as it bloody should be, yeah. Literally. <laughs> but yeah, well done, Spain. Yes, thanks, Hans. Uh, Brown of the week, who do we have? So we have another one from Red Magazine. Um, and this is the Seed Card Company. So wedding invitations were a mainstay of Patel's luxury stationery business. So COVID had a huge impact on sales. When she, this is Kay Patel, the owner, um, stumbled across a new type of card, the seed was quite literally sown for a new business idea. It was made from biodegradable, recycled waste paper, repurposed into card and embedded with wildflower seeds, Patel recalls. I launched the seed card company in February this year. The one order for one tree scheme has meant a tree is planted in Madagascar for every order, so the cards cost three ninety five, which is a bit more than a normal card from a card factory, but every for every card you buy... A tree is going back into, back. The, into yeah. the environment, and they use vegan-friendly inks. It's plastic waste, plastic-free, <laughs> and a zero-waste business. And I just thought it was really nice because I like with obviously like Christmas coming up and stuff. Yeah, people sometimes buy cards. Not everyone because not everyone wants to buy cards. But um, <laughs> I love a card. Oh no, I know. Like I, I, I just think we're quite unique for our age demographic. Oh my god! Like literally, give me all the cards. I love it. Like, even birthdays. Like, give me a card. But, like, I just... Yeah. Easter. Give me a but card. But, like, look at these cards. They're so cute. <laughs> they are really nice. They're really nice illustrations. And they're just... Yeah, I just thought they were really lovely. Um, especially to flag for Christmas time. Especially for Christmas time. They like, are really cute. Yeah. And they're different. Like, I do think, oh, you're going to, like, card places. And they're all just the generic same stuff. Yeah. And, and like, I, I'm a keeper of cards as well. Yeah, I always get my cards. Yeah. I'm like, like... Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah, throw that on the fire. 
No, but you're the ones that are just like, two so-and-so, happy birthday, bye. And you're like... Do you know what gets me? Is when people literally write, I mean, so you haven't done this to me actually, the people that are like, to, like to, dear Scott, and then they like, just quote around the happy birthday, it's already printed in there. And then just sign it from They whoever. quote around it. But they do quote marks around, like, it says it's like, happy birthday, already printed in it, they just quote marks around that. Stop. And I'm like, I'm a never, bit more effort, No, I'm like, who are those friends that are? Get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I always like to include a little message. Oh my, I like I, to see tears from my cards, not yeah, I um I make sure I get people when I write people. Write yeah, cards. I like to like, write a My mum and dad cry all the time. We're journalists, it's what we're meant to do, we're meant to make people Absolutely. cry. Absolutely, like, I basically write their eulogy in their cards for them. <laughs> You're not doing it for another 50 years, Mum, but here's your card. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Um, but no, what is the brand called? Yeah, the again? Seed Card Company on Instagram. Um, yeah, the eco-friendly made a seed card, and you seed, plant and grow. Lovely, go and check them out, my loves. Yeah, and they're recyclable as well. So if you don't like your friends, you can recycle them. Woohoo! I wish you could recycle friends. Um, <laughs> actually, no, I don't. No, I mean, your friends can't. Once sorry. they're gone, they're gone. Um, <laughs> Savage. <laughs> so, book of the week, what do we have? Right, I just want to say something. Um, I do have a book, by the way. But my point is, at the moment, I'm finding reading really difficult i haven't found a book that i really like been a i fucking love this book i haven't been absorbed in a book and i think i'm just getting very like it's like my typical like, i think it's like the burnout stage where i'm like nothing is absorbing my attention i just don't feel like i have time to read like i feel like i've got really back into reading mm. and like every night i was doing it yeah and then i've got this new book that i really want to start reading yeah and I literally re- started reading it, and I was like, right, yeah, going to get back into this, like, swing of things, reading every night. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just where I've been busy in, like, work events and, like, personal life, mm. or just been really tired. Yeah. That I'm just like, I, sh- I can't be bothered. Oh, I can't I can't stick to it. Yeah. Because, like, usually Monday, Tuesday nights, I don't have much on apart from, like, gym, dinner, bed. And I'll usually make myself go to bed, like, nine, be like, hey, come on, I'm going to go to bed nine, get my PJs, have a tea, yeah. and read for, like, two hours. Yeah. And I just, I'm like... I get to that and open the book and I'm like, nah. Yeah. But I had to, not force myself to finish this one because this one was quite good. But the point is that in the last week I've been reading like a few things and I'm like, nah. Ugh. It's the like, end of your burnout, isn't yeah. it? It's come early this it year, is. I think. It's come far too early. Yeah. But anyway. I what is the book? <laughs> I will recommend um, yeah. The Night Always Comes by Willie Vlotin. Vlotin? Um, so it's a fiction book and it's about this girl, woman in her 30s who lives with her brother who has learned his disability difficulties and her mother um in like west coast america and it's about them like trying to buy their house and i won't go in it all happens like within 24 hours um and her mum basically tells her she doesn't actually want to buy this house with her in the end of the day and it's all about the struggle to own property in america which also i feel like is quite relevant yeah relevant relevant <laughs> plus you how relevant to the uk as well and it's you know the kind of trap that you can kind of find yourself in with like renting and that like home ownership and being priced out of a community yeah because there was this in the book she's like we need to buy this house because otherwise if we don't get it we won't be able to rent anywhere we won't be able to buy anywhere because we've been priced out basically yeah and it's kind of talks about like, the desperation that she goes to get that money which is quite sad the things she does to do it um but and it's just, yeah, it's a really interesting thing about, like, family and loyalty and, like, owing people stuff. 
and yeah, it was a really good examination of like America and like where they are at with like their housing crisis and stuff. Yeah, it sounds quite boring when you say it like that, but it was really interesting. No, it's a different book. I don't feel like I would have put you with this book. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, and it's like things like she has she has like a really bad credit score, so she can't get the loan. Her mum, yeah. her mum has to get the loan, but her mum doesn't want to get the loan. So there's like that sort of thing. That's like it shows those kind of like really annoying like bank or like legal like bullshit things that happen that stop decent people getting decent places to live. Yeah, like it sounds it sounds very relatable. Yeah, and it's that annoying thing where you're like, okay, I had a bad credit score when I was like 21, but now I'm like 32. I've got the money, I can pay for the house, yeah. and it, you won't let me. And then it's those sort of things, it does that in a way that's not like preachy and everything, it just kind of puts it as part of yeah, yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. And it's just really interesting. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was just, yeah, it was just interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so what was your gift of the week? Oh my God, I am, um, I actually was gagged when I opened this <laughs> gift. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> So it is from a brand called Pan and Ice. Um, and oh, I just love this. I cannot wait to use it. Um, so you know who does all those like videos that were going round of like... Sorry, I just dribbled. Why are you wasting good wine, woman? <laughs> um, so remember there was all those videos of like the um, frozen plates and then you put like the ice cream on it and you mash it all up. Yeah, and like, 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 ice that cream. was like 2017 vibe, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got my own one of these now. What? Yeah. Stick it in the freezer, get it out, you pour the ice cream, that mix that comes with it, put whatever you topping you want on it. and Mash it up. Mash it up, know. roll it, and you've got your little rolled ice cream. I cannot wait to use it. Oh my I'm God. I'm so excited for this. Like, honestly, I cannot wait. So, like, when it like you run out of like, the things they've already given you, can you get, like, is it, like, milk or cream you put on it? And then you like, toppings? Yeah, basically. Like, so I think it's, I think you can buy it from their website. Right, okay. Um, like, restock it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm guessing you could just use normal ice cream. Like. Right. And just use that. Like. Um, so then you can, like, make your own ice cream. Give whatever vanilla ice cream, put whatever toppings you want Literally. Anything. anything. And you just mash it up and it's there, in it. Oh. I think my first one I'm going to do is Oreo. Uh, or coffee. Okay, coffee. Coffee got me. I don't really get this whole like Oreo obsession. Like my boyfriend like really loves like Oreo cheesecake, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, yes. Yeah, I'm a bit like, meh. Oh, I just love. Like I, I love, love Oreos, Oreos on their own. I don't have this Oreo like obsession of like taking an Oreo and taking it to every other food source. <laughs> it doesn't need to be in every other food. It doesn't need to be in gravy. It Keep be it where it is. It just needs to be in a packet in Oreo. <laughs> Well, that's just my personal opinion. Oh, I can be I guess, yeah. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for sending me that, because okay. I cannot wait I to cannot use wait to that. I cannot wait to see you try it. I, oh, gosh, honestly, like, we've got your chef's hat on. I oh. can imagine Gabe would be like, why is there a plate in our freezer? Honestly, I, when I said to him what we'd got, he was like, a what? A what? Where and is that like, going in my freezer? And then I told him what we could do about it, then he actually got it fixed. Oh, okay, yeah, too far, I can see. I was like, yeah, you wait, mate. Yeah. Um, because Gabe will probably will be the one making it. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm taking they control the, of did this. Did they give you the tools? Yeah. Comes with oh, all the tools, the everything. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I'll be making my own TikTok videos. 
I probably won't, but... No, you will. I'll be eating them. <laughs> eating the videos? Wow, no, okay, I'll be eating the ice cream. Um, so that's us for this week. We won't be back next week because um, I'm going on holiday and Scott's got a busy week. Oh, no, Scott's going on holiday. I'm going on holiday Sorry, as yeah. well. Wow. Also, my holiday is far less exciting than Scott's holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Cornwall, Scott is going to Florida. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's for work, though. My stuff work. It'll be work slash fun. So. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll both be, both be away travelling the world, aka the southwest coast. Um, so we won't be here next week, but we'll be back the week after, and hopefully with an exciting interview as well. So keep your ears peeled for that. Um, uh, thanks yeah. again for Harrison. Yeah, thank you, Harrison. It's Harrison J. Brock on Twitter. If you yes. want to give him a little follow, because he is a babe. I love him. I love you, Harrison. Um, and yeah, you can follow us. Well, actually, no, you do that bit. No, go on. I want you to no, do no. I always do this. You do it this time. Go on, you started it. Are you, you... getting it up on your phone? I don't fucking know it. Okay, so you can follow us on Instagram on Wind Down the Podcast. You can email us at windonthepodcast.gmail.com. And you can eat, uh, tweet us at windown underscore. There we go. She did it. I fucking did it, mate. Um, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Really, really help us. If you just have a few little words to say how much you love us or hate us. I'm not really fussy at this point, to be honest. Yeah, at this, mo- at this moment when time will take any we will comment, take really. It's fine. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't listen next week because we won't be here, but you can really listen to the, the whole year's worth because we've done a whole year worth of podcasts yes. now. Woohoo! <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will see you when we're back from our Holly Bobs and we will speak to you soon. Bye! Bye! Bye.